Welcome to Planted and Flourishing. I'm your host, Kristen Andrus. My guest today is Sherilyn Grissom. Sherilyn and her husband, Mark, are both deeply involved in full-time ministry in a large church in the Northeast. When panic attacks began out of the blue two years ago, she was taken by surprise. Sherilyn's experience with anxiety presented a huge challenge. Today, she is going to talk candidly about her struggle with anxiety and the way she's seen this experience grow her faith and understanding for other people. I'm confident you'll be able to relate in some way to Sherilyn's struggle. Let's dig in. Sherilyn, first of all, welcome. Um, You know you're my first guest, right? I feel so honored to be a guest at all, but especially your first one. (laughs) I hope that doesn't put like a whole lot of pressure on you because, you know, you're the first and all. (laughs) I'm hanging out with my friend, Kristen. That's That's right. That's right. Well, thank you for, first of all, um, taking the time to just jump on here and and talk about something that's that's really important right now, but also being willing to share something that's so personal um, to you, this journey that you've been on for the last few years dealing with anxiety and all the things that it brings. Um, Yeah. In my research, just looking through um, some statistics on anxiety, I was really just kind of blown away about how many people this really affects. And what I found was that um, over 40 million people over the age of 18 deal with anxiety. Wow. And of those 40 million people, only 37% reach out for help. Gosh. And I'm just curious to know, I didn't, I didn't dig this deep, but um, I'm wondering how many of those 37% are believers because Mm -hmm. it seems to me like um, believers, Christians, people of faith, they are the last to reach out for help. Mm-hmm. And it's so common, especially in women, women are twice as likely to be affected as men. And, you know, right now, I'm sure you're hearing a lot um, from people that they're just dealing and their their anxiety levels are increasing this year has not been helpful for those that are, you know, suffering from anxiety, mm-hmm. because of all the, su- the surprises and the upheavals that, that people are feeling from job loss and social unrest and the election that's coming up and, you know, the fear of illness. It's just all these things are feeding into it. Yep. Um, so what, in your opinion, what is it that keeps people from reaching out to get help? I think that it's really twofold. Um, part of it, I think the word anxiety or I'm anxious is so overused that people Mm -hmm. have a misconstrued version of what it actually means. Um, Like, you know, watching reality TV shows or whatever, people are always like, Oh, I'm so anxious. I was so anxious. I couldn't eat dinner. Like all Mm -hmm. of these types of things. And, you know, to have moments of doubt or question or moments where your heart racing, that's not necessarily anxiety. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it kind of makes it difficult to say, I'm anxious when that's what we're comparing it to, because it's just not the same thing. Um, So I feel like it's a hot topic right now. Like it's something that people just like to say. And if you're like me, you don't want to just be one of those people. So, (laughs) right. Uh, So it's hard, you know, it's hard to say it out loud because I don't want to be compared to that. Um, And the other thing from the Christian angle, this is the, this was probably the hardest struggle for me is that, we know the correct answers. Like I can Mm -hmm. quote the scriptures, you know, perfect love cast out fear. There's no love and fear. The Lord is my light and salvation. Why should I fear? Mm -hmm. Do not be afraid or discouraged. The Lord is with you wherever you go. All of those things, we know that. So if I know it, 
if that's really what I believe, like my whole life is based on this belief, then why should I need anybody else's help but God? Yeah. If I have that perfect love, what else do I need? And so this, I'm kind of jumping ahead in the conversation, but we're there right now. So how do you resolve in your mind when your life experience is not matching up to what you know is true? Because we know all those scriptures are true. Mm -hmm. We've seen it played out in our lives multiple times when the Lord has you know, delivered us from fear or helped us through a hard time or provided for us financially. Right. But there are times in our lives when it just does not look like it's supposed to look. Mm-hmm. So how have you resolved in your mind to keep walking even when it doesn't look like you think it's supposed to look? I have learned to just remind myself that God is in the middle of every single situation. So I think a lot of times I'll get into this you know, anxious feeling or or fear or whatever that's coming into my life. And I'm like waiting till the end. Like, God, I can't wait until you see me through this. I can't wait till I get to the other side. But it's become so important for me to remember that in the middle of a panic attack or in the middle of a sleepless night, in the middle of a financial crisis, in the middle of you know, a fight with my husband because they actually really do happen in the Griffin home. (laughs) (laughs) Just remember. Surely not. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, it's rare, but it happens. (laughs) Um, Just remembering that God is in the middle of it. Even if I don't feel him, I don't hear him. It doesn't mean that he's not present. So just holding that truth so close to my heart and reminding myself he has never left me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Um, And it doesn't have to feel good. It doesn't have to feel like he is right in front of me because like his word says, he is behind me beside me he's inside of me he's singing songs of deliverance Mm -hmm. over me all of those things so just I don't have to wait until the trial is over and I see the victory God is in the process with me yeah that's so good we can go ahead and launch into Carrie Job's the blessing right thank you girl go for it I'll leave that to her she does a much better job (laughs) so when did you when did you notice that this was first becoming a thing for you Well, for me, honestly, it kind of came out of nowhere or it seemed like it came out of nowhere. Um, It was it was two years ago, actually, this fall, um, where it woke me up in the middle of the night at like 3 a.m. I was in a complete panic. I couldn't breathe. Uh, I felt like I was losing feeling in my limbs. I literally felt like I was drowning. Um, I have high blood pressure. So my immediate thought was like, you know, I'm, my blood pressure is high. I woke my husband up like, Mark, can you go get my, my blood pressure medicine? I shouldn't take it again, but I was going to do it anyways. Um, I, I'll cut that part out of this podcast. Okay. All right. Well, just don't let my doctor listen to it. Um, I thought for sure I was having a heart attack. That's what I felt like. Mm-hmm. That was my very first panic attack. Um, looking back on it, I definitely was, I was working a lot of crazy hours. I had just taken on a lot of stress and I'm, I'm very much an internalizer. Like I like to process things on the inside. I don't want anybody's help. I mm, want to fix everybody yeah. else's problems. Right. I want to be that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of that was feeding into it and I just didn't realize it. So I had that first night I put this is how I fight my battles and defender on repeat on my phone. And I literally mm-hmm. slept with my phone playing under my pillow with those songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three weeks later, I had my second panic attack actually at church 
during a worship service. I had to leave the room. And that, that day I ended up in the emergency room because fear was completely controlling me. I, I could not move my body. Um, my blood pressure was crazy. I couldn't breathe again. Um, I, it was, it's terrible. But I'm, I was laying on the floor in my husband's lap and I had to go to the bathroom so bad. <laughs> it's keeping it real here. Yes. Folks. It's so funny <laughs> to think about now, but in the moment it was terrifying because I was like, I can't walk. Like I cannot make my limbs move. I'm going to just have to go to the bathroom right here on the floor. <laughs> but fortunately my husband works out a little bit. So he, he did help me. I did not have an accident on the floor at church, but oh, good to know. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyways, I went to the emergency room that night and they, you know, that's what they told me. Everything was fine. I was just in the middle of a severe panic attack. Mm. So you've been, you've been kind of navigating your way through this and figuring, you know, things out. What are some things that you've learned to help prevent? What are some self-care measures you do or some things that you have learned trigger you Mm -hmm. that you have kind of removed from your life? The biggest thing, um, probably if I, like, if I notice I'm starting to go down that road, um, Mm -hmm. and what that looks like for me is just rapid, rapid fire thoughts that just start flowing through my mind. Sometimes they don't make sense with each other. Like it can be random words that none of it makes sense. And I, I recognize this is leading me to a panic attack or just, you know, anxious thoughts. If Mm -hmm. I can get myself outside, um, pretty quickly, a lot of times that calms me down. And I don't know if it's just I'm able to breathe better outside or connecting with nature or whatever it is. But if I can get there, um, most of the time it helps me. Um, I started making sure that I was drinking enough water because that's something that I I just did not do ever. Uh, hmm. Growing up, like we weren't raised to drink water. We drank sweet tea all the time. That's right. Yeah. True Southern girl. Um, that's right. And believe me, I still like tea, but um, making sure that I was drinking enough water, I, I think that that's made a big difference. Um, making sure that I listen to my body. You know, if I'm tired, if I'm tired of people, because I, I believe it or not, I am a major introvert. So like recognizing that and accepting it is okay. Like it's okay that I need time by myself. I don't mm-hmm. have to be everything for everyone. Um, accepting that and recognizing the moments where I need to say, you know what, I don't even want to see my children right now. <laughs> I don't want to see my husband. <laughs> I just need to sit by myself and that's okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's been a big thing. Um, gardening, surprisingly, I don't know where that came from, but I know that makes your dad happy. I know he'd be so proud. <laughs> he gets lots of questions. Yeah. I live, mm. I live in a little townhouse. My yard is like you know, the size of a parking space, basically. But we we crammed some some vegetables and all kinds of flowers back there. And it's been a really good source of just kind of release for me to get out there and be creative. Yeah. Nature is really, truly so healing. Mm -hmm. And, And I think God planned it that way on purpose. I mean, he put Adam and Eve in a garden. Right. I mean, you can't have a better start in life than that. Yeah. So, and I like what you said about listening to your body. And I think as Americans, we are all terrible at that. We push through, we push our bodies to the absolute limits. And if there's one thing this COVID thing has, has 
helped me be able to do. It's that very thing is listen to my body because I didn't have anywhere to be. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted a nap, it's like, oh, I, I'm a little tired. So I think I'm going to take a little nap because I got time, ain't got anywhere to go. Right. You know? so let's take a nap. So it's it's kind of helped to helped us to be able to listen to our bodies. Um, now, COVID has not helped us with the space, like needing space from people. That's <laughs> been a little bit more challenging because we're all cooped up in the same house. But right. um, I, I really hope that people that are dealing with anxiety listen to this. And it sounds like to somebody that doesn't deal with this kind of stuff, it might sound like such a basic thing. Mm-hmm. But think about how often we don't listen to our body, that little tickle in our throat that precedes a cold right you know and then we're down for the count for four days because we feel awful because we didn't listen to our body and rest yeah. and up our fluids and take our vitamins and all the things that we could have done to help shorten the duration of, of the cold or the flu whatever and so um you know listening to your body getting outside needing just 15 or 30 minutes by yourself it can do wonders to rejuvenate your mind right and your spirit right so for me, there's there's like this deep-rooted insecurity that I always have to be the best. Like I have to prove that I can do more, I can I can go more, I can be more for everyone around mm-hmm. me. So to mm-hmm. to take a moment and be by myself, or to to lay down and take a nap, like you're saying, it kind of felt um, like I would I'd be filled with guilt of like there's so much more I could be doing, yes. I should be doing right now. And that's just ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, God took time to rest. It's it is so important that we do that for ourselves, for our mind and our body. Mm. You know, we talk about the the phrase keeping up with the Joneses, you know, we always or a lot of times we apply that to the all the things that we have. You know, we have to get a new jet ski and we have to get a new boat. We have to get a nicer house because so and so did it. But it really applies to this as well. Mm-hmm. We're trying to keep up with people. We're trying to do what everybody else does so that we won't be looked down upon or what we assume will be looked down upon. You know, we have all these preconceived notions of what people think of Absolutely. us if we don't participate in this event or if we say no to this, if we draw a boundary around our life, mm-hmm. what are they going to think of me? Are they going to ask me to participate next time? And so it's a it's such a needed area to draw those boundaries yeah you know boundaries are not a bad thing and we have come into this lifestyle of not drawing boundaries right you know in in the united states it's just the more things that we can pack into a day the more accomplished we are we use that to measure our success by how much stuff we do Mm -hmm. how much stuff we have how many things we can be involved in and it's killing us. It's literally killing us because we're not taking care of our body. We're not ca- taking care of our minds. You know, we're not taking care of all the things that really should be at the the center of our focus. And that's taking care of ourselves and our, and our families. And we can't do that if we're not well. Yeah. One of the cool things that God has kind of shown me through all of this, um, and it, it did not feel cool in the moment, but um, I, I begin to recognize these judgmental tendencies that I have towards other people. So I would mm. notice myself just pushing, like, I can do it. I feel exhausted or I'm tired of people or I mean, my brain feels fried or whatever, but I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And then I realized I project that onto other people. If I see them, you know, in a moment of weakness or whatever, I'm so judgmental towards them of like, why are they lazy or why are they being mm-hmm. selfish or why are they not giving enough? And that's just not true. Like that is not their reality. It, I mean, it could be, but 
you know, maybe mm-hmm. they're smarter than I am and they have better boundaries. So God has kind of convicted me of that through this whole process of like, you know what? I have no idea what anybody else's life is like, and they don't really know what mine's like either. So let's just give each other a little bit of grace and the benefit of the doubt and trust that we are all doing the best that we can do with where we are in our life currently. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think a lot of us can relate to that because we get this mental conversation going on in our brains of what things should look like. And then we start making assumptions that it's like that for everybody. And there are really so many more pieces to a person's story than what you see. Mm -hmm. And just remembering that. And and I agree with you on that. I really have had to step back and say, Hey, Kristen, you have no idea what that person just went through and why they're having to step back and say, Hey, I need a minute until I started having to deal with some things of my own where, you know, people had no idea what I was dealing with, but it was something extremely heavy and I was doing the same thing. I was saying, hey, I can't be involved in this. And I, I, I'm i going to, you know, draw boundaries around this specific time. And I'm going to protect this. And, you know, people didn't understand. And it's okay. Yeah. And I've had to be okay with the fact that people are not going to understand. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So I've had the privilege of watching you. I'm not going to tell people how long we've known each other. I mean, it's been a while. Because I don't. It's been, it's been a few days. <laughs> and so... Um, I've, I've watched you grow and um, just watched you develop into a wonderful mom and a leader and a ministry guru. And you, I've just, watching God just grow you has been super exciting for me just because of, of who we are to each other. We're family. Mm-hmm. And so um, just watching God lead you through this time. And, you know, I can't say that I would be able to walk through what you you've been walking through the last couple of years and still be able to pursue and push and just be determined in your mind that you're going to allow God to continue to grow you through this. Mm-hmm. And so watching the way God has used you, and I know you're not doing it for any kind of glory, for any kind of recognition. You are the, you and Mark are both two of the most um, humble people that I've, met, especially in ministry. And so watching you do what you do and watching God use you and develop you and grow you has just been, I don't want to say a pleasure because I know you've been in a rough (laughs) spot, but it's really been amazing to watch God grow you even in the midst of all this. So how have you seen God grow you personally in the midst of all this and make it work? How, how is he making this work and pulling things out of you that maybe you didn't realize were there before? Yeah. Yikes. Well, thank you for everything that you said. Um, you are my favorite sister-in-law. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, my, I think my intimacy level with God has skyrocketed. Um, I have, grew up in church I've always had you know a good understanding of him and a relationship with him Um, I've gone through all the conferences and the curriculums and you know all of those kinds of things but through all of this I realized that so much of my studying and my praying um, has been about other people which is you know it's great like that's what God has called me into he's called me into a life of ministry so I I say yes like I absolutely will do anything it takes 
But I've realized that there have to be moments where it is about no one else but me connecting with my God for myself and for mm-hmm. for his sake as well. Um, just realizing that he wants to spend time with me. I have the moments where I'm praying for everyone else and, you know, reading my Bible and studying for my small groups or whatever. But there are moments where I just need to sit in the presence of God as his daughter. Like that is the only title I'm carrying at that moment. Open his word Mm -hmm. and just let him download into my spirit for my sake. Um, So that is probably the anchor that I've kind of leaned into through all of this. Um, And it's made me just more aware of people. I think Um, more patient with people and understanding. I probably it's terrible to admit, but before I experienced any of this for myself, I think I kind of attributed um, anxiety attacks, panic attacks or whatever to just overly dramatic people, um, people that have, a, you know, a roller coaster of emotions like that's just who they are. Mm-hmm. That's their personality type. And I don't think I had a lot of patience for them, honestly. Um, it's terrible to say that. And I'm, I apologize <laughs> to all of you out there who have talked to me about your panic attacks before. Um, but I, I am a very mellow, just even keel kind of person. Um, my, my emotions, like I have them. I really do. I promise I have emotions, (laughs) but they just don't come out like a normal person. I don't know why. Um, so when I started experiencing, you know, this fear, this paralyzing fear, I realized and recognized that this like this happens to just anybody like it's it's not Mm -hmm. because they're dramatic or it's not even because they've had a traumatic life or anything yeah it's just it could be anybody so it's made me more patient and um just kind of perceptive I think you know like we've got the the gift of discernment because the Holy Spirit's alive in us so it's made me more discerning of people and when I discern those things I'm able to relate to them a lot easier and understand them and recognize them quicker than I would have before yeah. I like how you, you put that, you know, that we in ministry, especially, and really in any type of leadership, whether it be in the corporate world or whether you're in the church world as a leader, you are constantly pouring into other people, you know, and it it's so important to take that time to pour into yourself and let God just, just cultivate the garden, yeah. you know, dig up the stuff that shouldn't be there replace it with things that he wants there that, that he wants to to flourish and grow and I'm guilty of the same thing and I think we all are just being so focused on the task I'm a very task oriented person so when I have a task to do I'm like a dog on a bone I'm like okay I got to get the, the task done you know that's all I'm focusing yeah. on so stepping back and slowing down and saying God you know I know it's about this this x y and z I got to get this done but I know that through this, you're wanting to do something in me either. And I mean, me as well. Right. So knowing that God is using our, our tasks in ministry to birth things in us as well and stopping long enough to allow him to do that right. is, is an area that I really struggle to, I really honestly just struggle to, to slow down and, and really just yeah. hone in. And allow God to speak that into my life. And God could totally do that in an instant. Like he could, he could force it on us, right? He could make us learn the lessons that we need to learn or whatever, but he invites us into the process. He lets us say yes 
out of obedience mm-hmm. and surrender and then take the next step with him to the end goal, you know, to whatever he's trying to teach us. And I'm so thankful for that because we learn yeah. so much in that process. Yeah. The process is, is rarely a thrilling thing right. to go through. You know, let's just be yeah. honest. Growth is, is not really fun. And, but I think something is grown in us when we actually allow that process to unfold. Mm -hmm. You know, there's things like if we skip forward, you know, we miss part of the process. I like to, okay, I don't have a green thumb. I try to, and I (laughs) pretend that I do, but I don't. Okay. Let's just be honest. Everything in my house is dead, except the people, the people are still alive. Succulents (laughs) that were surviving for a while, right? You know, they did good there for a small (laughs) period of time. (laughs) <laughs> so I did chalk that up as success, yeah. but if I'm going to grow a garden, I'm probably not going to go buy a seed. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to already buy a plant that's already like sprouted and on its way to a healthy life. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to nurture it from a seed, but I miss so much in that process because I miss the the actual, you know, planting of the seed and watching and waiting for that seed to start sprouting and watching and waiting with excitement as I see some little <laughs> green shoots shooting through the dirt, you know, that's all a big fantasy for me because it never gets to that point with me. But anyway, I, if I remove that part of the process, I miss the joy in watching it grow mm-hmm. from a seed. And I think it's the same in in us as God is trying to grow us and he's taking us through these processes. If we skip, if we skip ahead, then we're missing vital pieces. We might still grow something, but it might not be all that God wants it to be, you know, if we leave out pieces of of the process. Absolutely. And like the Bible says, we overcome by the word of our testimony. I want to know every detail and every second of my testimony. Like I want to be so aware of it that I just get to keep overcoming over and over and over. And if I, if I miss it, then I'm missing a part of my story that I could be sharing with other people. So I just really want to be involved from the nastiest moments to the moments where Mm -hmm. we're watching the flower, you know, with all of its glory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I really think that people, you know, even though our stories can be messy, that's what people connect with because we all have mess. We all have the raw stuff that nobody wants to see, but it's in those moments. That's where we get the nuggets. That's where we help people. That's where we can connect with people and, you know, we can identify with what they're going through because we've been there. And um, I, I, I love that, that you're willing to have this conversation because there's such a stigma that just surrounds anxiety and depression and, and, and just the mental health world because some, it's like you said, some feel like it's a, it's a personality thing. Well, this personality is more prone to suffer from these things. And it's, it's not, we're all fearfully and wonderfully made and we are all comprised of body, soul, and spirit. And we all have things that just become too heavy for us to bear and we can't do it alone. And there's a, there's a time to reach out. There's a time to pull other people in to support us, to guide us to the help that we need. And so I just, I am so appreciative of you just sitting down for a few minutes and talking through this with me. And I'm, I'm a hundred percent confident that this conversation is helping somebody and just helping somebody feel, if nothing else, validated in what they're feeling and realizing that it's okay to feel this. You can, you can sit with 
the feelings, but you can move through them too. Yeah. With the right help and leaning on the Lord and inviting him into the mess and inviting him to take you through that process. Yeah, exactly. And just allowing him to do his thing. Yeah, that's so good. So thank you so much for having me. I um it's been nice for me, honestly, to just kind of process through it all and hear out loud the progress that I've seen and, and the way that I've seen God working. Mm. Sherilyn, will you pray for us before we go? Just pray over those people that are really struggling with this and pray for those people that may not even want to um, come to grips with the fact that it's a real thing. Yeah. You know, we've got to all realize that everybody's at a different place. We all need different kinds of help. And but together with the Lord, we can overcome anything. Yes, absolutely. So pray for us. Yeah, today. for sure. God, I am so thankful for your presence that is so real and constant in our lives. Even when we can't see it or we can't feel it, it doesn't make sense to us. God, you are still there. I'm thankful that you have created atmospheres like this, atmospheres where we can just walk in and be honest and vulnerable and know that we're going to be met with grace and patience and kindness and goodness because that is who you are. So I pray, God, for every person that's listening today if they are at a point where they're not sure what their next step is, they're feeling these emotions, they're feeling that fear, and they're, they're, they're hesitant of stepping out, I pray that your Holy Spirit would give them a supernatural courage to recognize yes, what is in their own heart, to recognize where the fear is coming from, what is that root, and then to take a step forward and talk to someone about it. Maybe it's saying it out loud to you for the mm -hmm. first time. God, it's only going to come from you. That power is going to come from you, God. So fill them right now. God, I pray that you would make connections with people just out of the blue. God, surprise us with the connections between sisters and brothers and friends and family where we can truly be honest with where we're living right now. God, we recognize that we are members of the body of Christ right now, no matter where we're living, how we're feeling, and that Satan has no power over us, that you are our God, that you have come to yes, overcome Lord. Satan. And because you are alive and active in us right now, we have all authority and all power to step out boldly and declare that fear, anxiety will not control our lives any longer. In the name of Jesus. Yes, amen. Amen. Thank you, Sherilyn. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Would you do me a favor and share this with someone you think could be helped by what we've shared today and drop a comment down below. Also, click subscribe so you can be made aware of any new content. You can also visit my website, plantedandflourishing.com and follow me on Facebook at Planted and Flourishing or on Instagram at plant.flourish. I hope you'll join us again soon.